welcome to the Principles of Success podcast. This is your host, Dr. Shana Henry. This podcast is for current or aspiring female school leaders and those who are supportive of their journeys. Each week, we will hear from passionate educational leaders. I will also share my reflections from over 15 years as a school leader. Together, we will talk about how to level up our schools and our leadership. Today, I am chatting with Principal Elizabeth Castillo-Guajardo, an elementary school principal in Houston, Texas. She's extremely passionate about literacy, and today she's going to share how she makes this a school-wide focus. Make sure to take notes because Elizabeth shares some great ideas that you will want to try at your school. Welcome, Elizabeth, to the show. Thank you. So excited to be here. I'm excited to have you here and talk about a topic we haven't explored yet on the show. So I'm really eager to dive into that. Awesome. I'm excited to share as well. Yes. So first, let's just get to know you. We'd love to know more about you and your path to leadership. So can you share a bit about your story? Most definitely. And, and it's funny because I never thought I would actually be on the path to leadership. So it's it's funny that I find myself here at this juncture. But my story begins with the fact that I actually said I would never wanted to be a teacher. My mom was a teacher and I saw how many hours she worked and how much you know she time she put into it. There was many, many days I would go with her to school and I said, oh gosh, I would never be a teacher. And you just never know how, how life changes. And I ended up a teacher. And I've always loved working with children. And so I actually worked in a different field uh, before I became a teacher working at a private organization uh, for kids with child support. But I ended up in, in the teaching field, um, loved working with kids. Then I said I would never be a principal because, again, I was I loved my classroom. I loved working with my kids, just kind of instilling that love of, of literacy in them. And then an opportunity came about to become a reading coach. And the selling point was like, hey, you can spread this love of literacy to not just in your classroom, but to the whole campus. And I thought, well, I would love to do that. And so moved into a reading coach role for about three years. And then slowly, my principal started giving me these new responsibilities and I went and got my master's, and so I said, no, this is good. I have my master's. I'm good here, and and then the next thing you know, I started taking on a little bit more, a little bit more, and then I was in a principal role, um, and I started my journey actually in South Texas, where I'm originally from, the Rio Grande Valley, which unfortunately, my little small town has been on the news quite a bit recently, um, Donna, Texas, which you may have heard is holding one of the detention centers um, right now, mm. which is overflowing, but yes, that's actually where I'm originally from, where I started my teaching career in South Texas. Uh, moved up here to Houston um, and actually took an assistant principal position for a few years at a K-8 school. So that was uh, nice to get that experience with also working with middle school students. Mm -hmm. And then eventually went back to elementary as a principal. And I've been um, the principal of J.C. Mitchell Elementary in Houston ISD going on now my sixth year. Again, unbelievable that it has, has uh, been that long. It's actually just gone by really fast. So yeah, time flies. Um, Yes, it sure does. But um, again, like I said, didn't expect to be here at this juncture, but very happy in the role that I'm in um, and working with my my staff, my community, and my students. So most definitely. 
Yeah. So tell us about your school. So my school in Houston ISD is, is all the challenges that many schools have faced. But my particular campus, um, we originally had about 550 students. Um, our population has shifted a bit in the last uh, three, four years because we are one of the Hurricane Harvey affected campuses. And so this is our first year back in our original building. We were located, relocated for about three years at a temporary site. And so we lost many of our students uh, enrollment wise just because the community was impacted. And of course, we were about 20 minutes away from our original location, which could be a challenge for our families. And we understood that. Um, so we're at about 435 students right now. We're a Title I campus. We serve about 65% Hispanic, 35% African American students. Our economically disadvantaged rate is at about 94, 95%. Um, and so we are, we're a small community right now. Um, most of our community resides either in manufactured homes or the apartment complexes around our campus. And so we're small but mighty. We're still hashtag Mitchell Strong after Hurricane Harvey. And, and we were uh, fortunate enough, we feel that we were able to recreate our previous Mitchell community, if you will, in school environment at our temporary location. And so we're continuing that, reestablishing that, if you will, in, in our new brand new state of the art building, which is where we're still uh, looking to enroll and fill um, because it has a capacity now of 700 students. Students, wow. um, but we're at about 440 right now. So it's going to happen. It's a little bit about the campus. It's yes. going to happen. Yes. <laughs> so one of the areas of leadership that you're incredibly passionate about is literacy, which people can't see us right now. They can hear us, but I am watching you with this beautiful bookshelf behind you full of books and this cute little ladder. So as site leaders, we know the value to reading, but why is it so much more than that to you? So I really feel that that reading just this opens the doors for all of our students. It gives them the pathway um, to success if we can instill that love of reading in them early on. Um, and I really do think that stems from us as being the model. So even myself as the principal, kind of just role modeling for that and sharing that love with students. But it really does take them just, you know, beyond anything. And so we actually have a mural in my building. And, and these are the two quotes that kind of frame our perspective, if you will. And it is that the world belongs to those who read. We truly mm. believe that. And once you learn to read, you will forever be free by Frederick Douglass. And so that's kind of centers around everything we do at our campus. And, and that is kind of our, our cornerstone, if you will, if we can really um, have our students love books and literacy, then we really feel it'll take them to many great places. Yeah, so I'd love to talk through some ways you really create a school-wide literacy focus for your school. So let's just kind of start by some big chunks. So let's start with school environment. What are some ways that the school environment speaks literacy on your site? And as we were doing our pre-interview, I, I really was thinking about how how did this manifest itself? And again, that does come from my love of books, as you mentioned before, mm -hmm. that the, the books behind me. Um, so really making sure that that accessibility, not only for our students, but even for our staff as well. So making sure that we have books in the classroom, classroom libraries, professional libraries for our teachers. But every year we start off with something like a theme. And so whatever our theme is, we always have a professional book that we, you know, read with our teachers. And they also get a children's book because it's important, you know, for us, especially in elementary, we got to keep that children um, at heart alive. And so the theme kind of kicks off our year, whatever our focus may be. We also get a t-shirt and of course, all that other stuff that comes with that, but really kind of frames our work for the year a bit centered around whatever that theme is. And again, that professional literacy book, and then that children's book as well that they also receive. Then of course, the environment just around the campus just comes alive 
vibe with the books as well. Our library is actually an open concept library. And so we have books not only just in the center of the campus, but throughout the entire building on all levels. We are a two-story building. So in this first floor, second floor. Um, so books just are embedded throughout the entire campus, inside, outside, hallways. We have writing samples also. It's, so it's not just about the books, but also the writing pieces for students are all across the campus as well. So we really just try to infuse that in, in every um, area of our building. And then another thing we are fortunate enough in this new building is that we actually have these reading nooks. Again, not uh, available at the moment due to pa- the pandemic, but eventually the students will have these little nooks that they can get into and read books in and just create that cozy um, kind of comfy atmosphere atmosphere, if you will, across the building. Yeah. So you mentioned the the professional reading book centered around the theme in the children's book. Can you give us a taste of maybe the last couple year themes and what books you shared with them? Sure. So um, this year, the 2021 school year, it was Leading Together. That was the book uh, that we read, the professional book, and it's it's called Leading Together. And the author, of course, just escaped me. And then the children's book that we went with, it was We Go Together. Mm-hmm. The year prior, we did It Takes a Village. And so the children's book was by Hillary Rodham Clinton. And the, oh my goodness, the professional book just escaped me right now. <laughs> I may have to send that to you so that you can share that with your listeners. Um, but again, it always goes hand in hand with whatever it is that we're working with uh, for mm-hmm. that year. And again, that professional and that children's book that we try to kind of pair up together, if you will. Yeah, I love that idea. That takes a lot of thought on your yes. part to really think through the matching of an adult book with the kids book and the theme. So kudos to you. That's that's a lot. Wheels are already turning for next year. Yes, I bet. <laughs> you probably have to think about that far in advance, I'm sure. What about ideas for student engagement? So you know, obviously they have the library that check out books, but you do so much more than that. Tell us a little bit about that. So we really tried to, as I shared, kind of infuse books. So I even have led a student-led book club, pulling in kids during lunch, reading books with them. You know, I'm not the principal's office in, in the old school way, if you will, that if you send a child to the office or to the principal's office, my kids are not scared if you say, I'm going to send you to the principal's office. They're like, oh, okay, I want to go because they're going to, they know they're going to walk away with a book. And so the first uh, student that walked into my office this year or the school year, I'm they walked away with the book. And so it's just a constant infusion of books and giving books to students. Anytime we do events, there's a book giveaway. If you're coming up, even if it's for the food bank, sometimes you're also going to get some books in your book bag mm. uh, in your food box that you take away because we really want to make sure that the students at home also have books. And so also just, um, you know, training our teachers and, and they understand the importance of literacy as well. So even for our students, um, you'll see them reading to one another. Again, that accessibility is so crucial. And of course, this year's a little bit different with the, the pandemic, but in other years past, the students were waiting for to be picked up. It's like, oh, you don't have a book? Oh, let me get you a book for you to read. Mm-hmm. So just really just constantly um, infusing that in every day on the announcements, morning and afternoon, I remind them that they should go home and read at least 30 minutes. Um, our communication with our families also reinforces that idea. And just informing our parents of the impact that they can also have when they're reading aloud with their their kiddos at home as well. Mm-hmm. Tell me about the book club. So you you even did one for the boys, right? Yes. So how do how do the book clubs look? And maybe what are some of the books that you featured? 
we actually started with a graphic novel, uh, Dogman, which I was not a big fan of graphic novels, but we got together at lunch and we, you know, I was trying to, I guess, entice them. Um, we knew these were some, some of the boys that were not maybe reading. And so I said, you know what, you know, let's get together. We will have lunch and, you know, read a book. What, what, what book do y'all want to read? We want Dogman. Oh, okay. Well, okay. Miss G, we'll, we'll read Dogman with you. And so we did. We read Dogman and I would do the voices. Uh, initially, it was just me reading aloud and they're like, oh, miss, I want to try too. Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, you, let's read, you read a page. And then eventually they, everybody wanted to read pages. Um, and so we started off with Dogman and then I wanted to try to push them a little bit more. Not that there's anything wrong with graphic novels. I totally agree that graphic novels are awesome now. But I, at that point, I was still trying to push them. So I was thankful that Jason Reynolds, who is the children's ambassador right now for literacy, wow. mm-hmm. um, had his first book, Ghost, out that we I was familiar with. And so we read Ghost together. And then I said, hey, did you know that there's actually some more books of some of the characters here? And so like, oh, we want to read those. And so then we, re- we ended up reading the entire series. The last book, I think I actually gave them as a gift before the winter break. And so that, that was their their challenges to try to read that book over the winter break, which I believe most of them did. Then we went to Kwame Alexander's crossover book. And so kind of just kind of went that way. And again, letting the kiddos choose the book first, which you know, as we know, that book choice for students is so important, I think helps spread it on. And it, it actually opened my eyes too. So, you know, we're always still learning as well as adults. And so again, got me uh, into graphic novels um, or that interest, uh, that genre, if you will. Um, and so that kind of how it at it spearheaded, if you will. And then again, I, I left my door open every time we were meeting. So teachers would b- walk by in the front office and they would see there I was with a, a group of boys making time to do those book clubs. And so again, just that modeling, if you will, so that then teachers could be like, hmm, well, maybe I can do that at lunch. And so um, sometimes teachers also, that was a reward for kiddos. Hey, come back to the classroom, have lunch, and we'll also read some books together. Or you can have you can read books after you finish lunch. Um, and so um, it just, again, just that modeling and hopefully that spilling over um, into the other classrooms as well. Mm-hmm. And then you also do the special days of the year, which I know is kind of a big thing for principals. We do a lot of staff appreciation, but you tie those into literacy. Yes, we definitely do. And so we try to celebrate. I actually try to make a little list here of all the things that we actually end up doing, which is starting in September, um, which is Dot Day. And so that's the book by Peter Reynolds, The Dot. Just a little aside, I actually tried to have my baby on Dot Day. She was supposed to come that day. And I had bought her a Dot Day outfit. Um, she actually oh came on the God. 16th. So she said, the SEC says this, baby, that's okay. I'll, I'll let her have that. But yes, like I even told everyone at my oh campus, my like, God. oh, the baby's going to be on Dot day. Yay. <laughs> but yes, that's how important, you know, those, those literacy holidays oh, so are, great. if you will. But we also do dictionary day, of course, in October. Um, the kiddos do the character parade tied in. If they would like to dress up, they have to have a character. They have to have a book with them. And so when we do the parade, it's not just me and my costume. You have to have your book with you. And parents mm-hmm. now know too. They're like, oh, I didn't bring the book. Got to get a book or let me see if I can get a book for them because they have to have a book if they're going to be walking around the campus. We also tie in the book fairs uh, during those events as well so that students have opportunities to purchase new books or if they get uh, lucky coupons from the principal to buy books, etc. from the book fair as well. Of course, in November, it's National Picture Book Month. December, we do the Polar Express Day. So kiddos come in their pajamas. We read the book. And that's also the campus also providing the books for the teachers as well. So we don't expect the teachers to go out and purchase the books themselves. If we're hosting these events, we provide those for them so that they're not at a loss or not able to participate. 
Of course, February, we have the African-American read-in. March, uh, we have Read Across America, um, which I know has shifted a little bit now with every, you know, recent mm-hmm. events, if you will. And then in April, which I'm excited about, is National Poetry Month. And so um, we celebrate Poem in Your Pocket Day. Uh, but again, just, just that infusion, if you will, of those events throughout the year occur. And everything's always tied to literacy or a book. Again, like I said, even our events, um, we in, in April in the past, we've done art and poetry night. So students get to read their poetry. Parents get to see that as well. And then they also get that display of art. So just that little creativity piece. Mm -hmm. um, So our students are also able to showcase that as well. May, you know, is our National Cafeteria Day for our our lunch ladies. So we do the lunch lady series uh, chapter books. And so just, again, there's, honestly, if there's anything you want to celebrate, there's a book that you probably could find and tie to it. (laughs) Or just call me and I probably could help you do it. (laughs) I'm going to. I'm, I'm, I'm going to do that. So I want to ask a follow-up question about some of those. So what would Dictionary Day look like or the African-American Month look like? So what what does that entail? So I'll start with the African-American reading. So we actually brought in some guest readers, and they got to choose a, a book by an author, an African-American author. And again, to showcase, we want our children to also see themselves in books. So again, so yeah. the students would know this is not only necessarily about a character who may be African-American or Black, but the author is also Black. And so we brought mm-hmm. in some guest readers, um, not this year, but the, the year before last, no, actually last year in 2020, right before the pandemic, mm-hmm. we had our African-American read-in. And so for Dot Day also, again, we encourage the kiddos to dress up, but then teachers also have the opportunity to read the book as well. So it's always tied to something. I know in the past we had talked about even for Dictionary Day, every child getting their own word that was going to be okay. for this coming year. And then, you know, a- another parade, if you will, like mm-hmm. for Dictionary Day, this is my word and, and things like that. So again, just having the students also do something in, in a sense involves them and gets them engaged in the activity. Yeah, that's great. And then last, I want to ask you about ideas to connect families. So I'm sure there's a whole parent component that you do. Yes. And so as I shared with any type of event, we definitely have the books that we give away. But we also want to make sure that our, our parents are aware um, and give them tips, if you will. So we, especially with our dads, because many times we have our moms on mm-hmm. campus that will be supporting things. So we do donuts with dad. So the first year we did the donuts with dad, every every dad walked away with a book and they the they had breakfast, and so the kiddos came in. Every every dad had a book, um, and it was the um, if you give a dog a donut, right? So to tie mm-hmm. with the donut theme, right. and then the next year we did because I'm your dad, and then we do little activities with them. So something that ties with the book, a quick activity that you can do because dads, you know, they give you the hour that, and then they're like looking like, okay, I got to go to work, but yeah. So we do the breakfast, and then the kiddos come in, and then they have the books that they get to take home as well. Those are some of the things that we did with our our families as well. And then the, we're thankful that we have partnerships with other organizations that have donated books that we can also then send home for our families as well. One thing, especially this year during the pandemic is because of our students had those digital resources or the laptops at home, we also encourage the use of a program that we have here called Myon. And so again, Students are reading at home, and and the testament uh, to that is that we've actually been in first place the past couple of months with the amount Mm. of minutes that our students are reading. And again, I think that's because our parents understand, um, and our kiddos do too, that they should be reading every day, whether it's a traditional book or if they want to get on Myon and read those digital stories as well. So um, I think that's reflected in the fact that we've embedded that into our culture. 
Yeah. So I got to tell you, as we're talking, my my wheels are spinning, trying to figure out all these other ways I can incorporate reading into my campus. So this has been incredible. I do want to ask kind of that elephant in the room question about funding, right? So you mentioned that you do get some books donated, but I imagine this costs some funds for you each year. So how do you fund the the wealth of books on your campus? So I know we all have limited budgets, and I do understand that, but I also think it comes down to priorities, mm-hmm. and I do fund from my budget. Um, I think it's important. Most of the books we, you know, try to get as, you know, inexpensively as possible from Scholastic. Usually, that's usually a good place that we go to for, especially when we're buying those multiple copies that we, that we gave yeah. away to dads, you know, 200 copies. They are paperback, so nothing hardbacks. Those are a little pricier. Mm-hmm. But again, I just, I prioritize that in, in the budget because I think it's important that our students have that, again, that accessibility to the books. And then that we also have the opportunity to give books out, not only in the campus, but for them to take home as well. Um, and we've been very fortunate in the district as well that they've actually provided uh, book rooms for us. So, you know, for in the classroom, our teachers all have, we have a scholastic book room that they can go check books out from. But again, I do prioritize just in the budget, making sure we're uh, keeping our, our libraries fresh in our classroom and mm-hmm. that they have the most recent diverse titles um, and that our teachers are also up to date on professional development books as well. That again, we pay for from our campus budget because we think it's important. Yeah. How do you stay up to date on the latest books? So I'm, I'm fortunate that I'm a part of several organizations, NCTE, um, ILA, and then, of course, our local um, chapters as well within those organizations. But I also like Twitter. I, I follow uh, Mr. Shu on Twitter, um, Colby Sharp, and uh, Donalyn Miller, of course. And Donalyn's my friend on Goodreads. And so I, I get up to date if you're familiar with her work, The Book Whisperer. Um, and so just kind of, you know, trying to get up to date um, information. Project Lit Club is my most recent find within the past couple of years. Again, found them on Twitter. I was working through even the pandemic as, as best I could um, those books and first book market place is a great place. Also want to shout them out. They're doing great work. If you're uh, wanting to buy books for your classroom or your school, um, they're not an approved vendor for us right now. But if I want to buy something out of pocket, then they're usually a great place also um, that's inexpensive. And they also have the most up-to-date books as well. So just kind of those those feeds, if you will, to keep abreast of of the most recent titles. Yeah, that's um, great. And try to read, you know, every minute. And my husband says, every time we go somewhere, why do you have to bring a book with you? Because if we're at a light, I'm not driving. You you know, you, you're fine. I'm not driving. So I can just pick up the book real quick. If you run into the store, you know, every little minute. And that's kind of what I tell the kids too. So travel, tra- try to travel with a book. <laughs> oh my gosh, so great. So what are some ways you'd recommend principals get started building a literacy culture? So I think it, it does start with you, right? What you, What's important to you is usually reflected in your school. And so even if you start small with your campus or even a few, few of your, your staff members who might be interested in getting started um, with a book club, um, and then, of course, hopefully that would then translate into their campus. But I think it doesn't have to be, a, you know, a huge thing. Um, it can be something just start, starting something very small within yourself and then possibly another, you know, group of staff members that might be interested as well. Yeah, so great. All right, Elizabeth, we are almost at the tail end. And this is when we do our rapid fire questions to to finish out with a little fun. Yes. So the first question, I can't wait to hear this one. The first question for you is favorite leadership book. Gosh, this is a hard one. Um, I don't know if I also shared I was obtaining my PhD in leadership. So I have read so many leadership oh books. Gosh. But I think the one that comes to mind is The Leadership Challenge. 
um, by Kuznets mm-hmm. and Posner. But I do want to mention, because one, if you want a light read, because that one's a little heavier, is the Ambie Wombat book, The Wolfpack. Oh, you that's so good. Uh, yes, yes, that's a good one. It's great for team building, if, especially if maybe, even if you have a few men on your campus, a predominantly women staff. Um, mm-hmm. But Wolfpack, I, I just love that book. We, we did that as our um, our leadership team read and then with some of our, our staff leads as well. So that one's a little bit lighter if you're, you know, want something just quick and easy. Yeah, good recommendation. Best Amazon find for work? Double screens. Mm. Double screens for me has been a lifesaver because if you are in a conversation with somebody and then you also still need to work, that toggling back and forth from tab to tab was just a little bit hectic. Um, So having two screens is a lifesaver. And I now have that in my office as well. (laughs) Yes. Favorite song to put you in a good mood? Hmm. I play music every morning for my staff when they're arriving. I have a little portable speaker. I would say uh, by Mandisa, it's a good morning. I I think that's a Mm. good one. Or the best day of my life. I I like that little tune in the morning as well. Um, So I have a lot of variety of songs. Kind of just depends. On Friday, I always play the Friday I'm in Lung song by The Cure, you know, showing my age there. But, you know, it just varies. But I think a good morning (laughs) by Mandisa. Okay. Super uplifting. Yes. All right. Favorite app. I'm going to have to say Twitter. I've been a little bit absent from Twitter lately, but Twitter, uh, we actually did receive the social media award from HISD because of our Twitter account a few years back. So Twitter, um, that's one of the first things I actually ask all of my new staff members if they don't have a Twitter is -hmm. to set one up and to start following each other and the campus. So I think it's a great way to kind of share out the great news of things that are happening on your campus Mm -hmm. um, and also just keep connected to other educators. Yeah, absolutely. One tip you would tell your first year principal self? You don't have to do it all your first year. So Mm. it's your first year, set the foundation for what you want to accomplish and know that there'll be many other years to come that not everything has to be done that first year. Um, As much as you want everything to happen right away, you you just need to build, you know, create those building blocks, if you will. That's right. Great advice. I wish I knew that my first year. Well, I'm speaking from experience. Yes. Elizabeth, if listeners want to connect with you, how should they do so? I would say Twitter is the best way. I am at at RGV, which is where I'm originally from, at RGV Reader Leader. Of course. (laughs) Of course. Elizabeth, thank you so much for this conversation. This this was great. I am leaving inspired and ready to take some action with literacy. So thank you. That's wonderful. And I will be sharing some information that if you'd like to share with your listeners, other things that they may also want to try. Perfect. Yeah. So they can go to the show notes and they can get all of that information. Awesome. Elizabeth, thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. I appreciate the invite. So clearly you can tell that I loved that conversation with Elizabeth. She's so passionate about literacy and truly has inspired me and I'm ready to take action. You can visit our show notes at principlesofsuccess.com forward slash 30. If you enjoyed what Elizabeth shared, please don't forget to share this episode with others. Until next time, this is Dr. Shana Henry with the Principles of Success podcast. Principles of Success.